Welcome to Appalachian Shine, the official podcast for the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. And if you're listening to this, then consider yourself a part of the team. Stick around and let's shine a light on all things Appalachia. to another episode of Appalachian Shine. This is J.C. Swangruber, your usual host. Today's December 20th, 2023. Are you ready for Christmas? It's just around the corner. So tonight is Wednesday, and uh, Monday's the big day. So I hope everyone has has gotten their shopping done and and, and are prepared. I've been down to uh, Bristol area, the Exit 7 area, as everyone calls it, shopping, having, you know, just dining out. Um, down in Bristol, Tennessee, down to the Pinnacle to, to shop, and also doing some shopping online. But if you still have some shopping to do, um, don't forget all these, uh, you know, the small businesses, the local businesses in our towns and our counties. They could really uh, use the, the uh, support, and I'm sure they appreciate it a lot more than the big box chains. So um, keep in mind here at the last minute, if you're still shopping, to to uh, Make sure you visit those stores and uh, those restaurants too, those local owned restaurants too, not necessarily those those big chain restaurants. This will probably be the next to last podcast here for the year 2023. And uh, I'm excited about 2024. We're going to have a, a whole host of shows and hopefully a little bit more of a regular schedule for the podcast uh, coming up soon. Um, I wanted to take just a quick second once again to thank the folks at A Magazine, Arts Magazine over in Bristol for highlighting Appalachian Shine, this particular podcast in their magazine and online for uh, promoting and supporting the culture and the artists of the region, specifically our writers here in Appalachia. Um, It makes a a big difference when um, local people get a little bit more promotion um, through podcasting and and local radio uh, than uh, some of the bigger well-known authors. There's some Appalachian authors that are the bestsellers, and that's great. Uh, but let's remember all those smaller local authors um, that, that sell smaller amounts or don't have the big uh, PR machines behind them and, and uh, editing companies and so forth like that, and you know, the kind of the machine, if you will. And uh, remember to support those folks, too. You can find them all over the place on the Internet, on Facebook. Just search your local authors guild. You can search for Appalachian authors, and uh, you'll find a whole host of authors guilds all across the region and you'll be able to find individual authors writers poets there that you might want to give a try um a good uh, good book by a local author makes for a good last minute christmas gift so keep that in mind and with that i did want to uh, just kind of remind you folks if you get an opportunity if you're listening to some podcasts and you have some time here over the holidays go back and listen to some of our previous podcasts where we've had local and regional writers on to discuss their books and and their process, and um, want to also point out that uh, if you are if you are a writer and you don't belong to a guild, 
Uh, consider uh, the Appalachian Authors Guild. Uh, they have the regular uh, monthly meetings uh, where you can meet in person during the day. It's, it's the second Tuesdays of each month. And if you can't make it out during the day, we actually host uh, an online meeting uh, the second Thursday of each month via Zoom. And you can be a part of that if you can't make the day meeting. It's We have a growing number of people coming onto those Zoom calls. And we're, we're uh, having some good presentation, good discussion, and sort of workshops online, too, that are, that are very helpful. So uh, if, if you belong to a guild, great. If you don't, or if you want to be a writer, want to learn the craft of writing, it's great to join a guild because you get a lot of tips and advice from people who have written countless books, and they're there to help. Um, so definitely consider that. I wanted to take just a, just a few minutes here before, uh, you know, for this particular show to talk about some of the more popular books by Appalachian authors, and not just those here in the central Appalachia where we've had some of those writers on our show. I wanted to, to branch out a little bit and talk about some other writers and some other well-known popular books that, that have done very well this year. As you know, the Appalachian region of the U.S. spans from upstate New York all the way down to northern Alabama. And with that, you have this really crazy, eclectic mixture of you know, cross-section of cultures, and you know, each of those cultures have a connection with these Appalachian Mountains. And um, as a result, you have people with different life experiences, perspectives, different histories across uh, you know, all, the, all the different regions here in, in Appalachia. But it really gives us a lot of interesting subgenres of American literature. Uh, and from, you know, working class Rust, Bat, uh, Rust Belt Tells, according to Book Riot, as I was reading an article there earlier today, to Southern Gothic, to Central Appalachian Poetry and Prose. Anyway, it seems like over the last few years, Appalachian literature has kind of grown in popularity, not just here in our region, but across the country. And there have been a lot of different uh, books from Appalachian authors and about Appalachia that have come out. Small publishers, large publishers, independents, um, self-publishing. You get science fiction. I've, I've read quite a bit of that. Uh, a lot of memoirs, a lot of literary fiction, horror, and a good amount of poetry. Um, you know, if, there's, if you're looking for an Appalachian book, there's anything that's out there to kind of be up to anybody's wheelhouse. So um, definitely keep that in mind. And with that, I think one of the most popular books this year, as I've been on social media and asked people, hey, what what are you reading? What uh, Are you reading any Appalachian authors or books about Appalachia or stories about Appalachia? The one that has by far been recommended to me the most that I've yet to read, but I will in 2024, is a book called Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingslaughter. So I just pulled this up on Amazon. I'm just going to give you a quick synopsis of this, and then I'm going to list a few other books that you might want to consider reading here in the new year. And um, so I got about eight or ten of these books here by Appalachian authors or about Appalachia. Uh, but this Demon Copperfield book um, actually landed up on Oprah's book club. And I think from there it went to uh, become a uh, bestseller called the Wall Street Journal and uh, the New York Times. And this is a, a blurb here by or um, comment by Beth Macy who's the author of Dope Sick. Uh, it says, Demon is a voice for the ages, akin to Huck Finn or Holden Caulfield, only even more resilient. 
And according to Ron Charles of the Washington Post, maybe the best novel of 2022, equal parts hilarious and heartbreaking. The story this is a story uh, of an of irrepressible boy nobody wants, but readers will love. So here's the description on Amazon. Set in the mountains of southern Appalachia, Demon Copperhead is the story of a boy born to a teenage single mother in a single wide trailer with no assets beyond his dead father's good looks and copper-colored hair, a caustic wit, and a fierce talent for survival. Relayed in his own unsparing voice, Demon braves the modern perils of foster care, child labor, derelict schools, athletic success, addiction, disastrous loves, and crushing losses. Through all of it, he reckons with his own invisibility in a popular culture where even the superheroes have abandoned rural people in favor of cities. Many generations ago, Charles Dickens wrote David Copperfield from his experience as a survivor of institutional poverty and its damages to children and his society. These problems have yet to be solved in ours. Dickens is not a prerequisite for listeners of this novel, but he provided its inspiration. In transposing a Victorian epic novel to the contemporary American South, Barbara King's lover enlists Dickens' anger and compassion, and above all, his faith in the transformative powers of a good story. Demon Copperhead speaks for a new generation of lost boys and all those born into beautiful, cursed places they can't imagine leaving behind. Um, sounds like an incredibly intriguing book. And I just added that to my list for Audible. So that's going to be one I'm going to be definitely listening to early on in 2024. Uh, so anyway, that was the one that uh, came back as one of the most highly recommended. Um, so there was another one. Let me. I'm going to find this here real quick. If you'll bear with me, I'm, I'm just typing here on Amazon. Um, and uh, this particular book is called Cade's Cove, Life and Death of a Southern Appalachian Community. And I'm trying to navigate around a, a microphone here <laughs> um, while I uh, talk and type. So let's see. Here it is. Cade's Cove, Life and Death of a Southern Appalachian Community, 1818 to 1937. And I'm going to read this from Amazon as well. This says, uh, looks like this has about 141 ratings. Uh, and it's a four and a half star book. Drawing on rich on a rich trove of documents never before available to scholars. The author sketches the early pioneers, their daily lives, their beliefs, and their struggles to survive and prosper in this isolated mountain community. In moving detail, this book brings to life its struggle to survive and the tragedy of its demise. And this was a book, uh, it was actually 1988, when this came out, from the University of Tennessee Press. So I'm actually really interested in maybe listening to that Audible book, too. Um, we have, like I mentioned before, on so many podcasts, and we talk about points of history here locally, we have such a rich history, and such a, such a rich culture, and, and unique, that um, sometimes I think... In the fast pace of our daily lives, we we miss out on the uh, what you know. In other words, a treasure trove like this talks about um, of just just history and knowledge that I wish we all had. 
Um, unfortunately, we don't, but it, it would be great if, if we did. Uh, there's another book here, and I'm going to pull this up. Gatewoods. Grandma Gatewood's Walk, the inspiring story of the woman who saved the Appalachian Trail. Um, now, that was a really, I've heard of this book. I have not yet read this one either. But when I ask people what kind of books they would recommend, this one seems to be one of them that is always at the top of, you know, top five of the list. And um, I'm going to go ahead and read a little bit of the description of this, too. This is, again, a lot of. A lot of history here. And this uh, Emma, Emma Gatewood told her family she was going on a walk and left her small Ohio hometown with a change of clothes and less than $200. The next anybody heard from her, this genteel, farm-reared, 67-year-old great-grandmother, had walked 800 miles along the 2,050-mile Appalachian Trail. And in September 1955, atop Maine's Mount uh, Katahdin, she sang the first verse of America the Beautiful and proclaimed, I said I'll do it, and I've done it. Grandma Gatewood, as the reporters called her, became the first woman to hike the entire Appalachian Trail alone, as well as the first person, man or woman, to walk it twice and three times. The public attention she brought to this little-known footpath was unprecedented. Her vocal criticism of the lousy, difficult stretches led to bolstered maintenance and very likely saved the trail from extinction. What an amazing story of that. And I've, I've heard people talking about her story. Again, I've never read the book, but it's called Grandma Gatewood's Walk, The Inspiring Story of the Woman Who Saved the Appalachian Trail by Ben Montgomery. That came out in 2016. Uh, by the way, the Cades Cove book was by Derwood Dunn, if you want to write that down, if you're interested in looking that up. There's another really interesting book um, that I found uh, when I was looking up some some of the uh, more well-known uh, recommended books on Appalachia. Appalachia on the Table, Representing Mountain Food and People by Erica Abrams Locklear. And I'm going to read a little excerpt of this. This is from Book Riot and uh, from an article, Best Appalachian Books of 2023. Appalachia on the Table is a must-read interdisciplinary examination of Appalachia and the food that made it. Food is a viral part of Appalachian cultures and communities, and recently, Appalachian cuisine has been having a national movement, or moment. But while it's not uncommon to see high-end restaurants charge ridiculously high prices for ramps, both historically and today, the food loved and treasured by mountain people is often used to stigmatize Appalachians. Abrams Locklear meticulously lays out her information, providing fascinating examples of both heritage cuisine and processed food items that have been staples at any Appalachian potluck. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, not necessarily an Appalachian thing, but uh, these farmers markets that pop up in the spring go all summer through fall. I think these are some of the most amazing things, and I love buying uh, the goods from there because you know you're getting the healthiest food right from the from the land to the table, um, and you can always find good Appalachian cookbooks out there. Which brings me to another <laughs> another book I wanted to bring up. There's actually an Appalachian cookbook um, that kind of sort of 
I guess you could go along with uh, with this book. It's called From Appalachia Kitchens. And this came out in 2023. This was by the Appalachian Authors Guild. You can find it on Amazon. Actually, I put my uh, Granny my Granny Pruitt's uh, recipe in there. Um, she died many years ago, uh, but she lived to the ripe age of 92. I think 92, 91, 92. She, she had a long life. She was very well known here in the town of Richlands. And um, yeah, she was very much missed, but she loved cooking. And she was darn good at it too. So yeah, there's a really good collection of recipes in that book by the Appalachian Authors Guild from Appalachian Kitchens by the Appalachian Authors Guild. Again, find it on Amazon. And uh, still some of those recipes, folks. It's Christmas, the holidays. Um, you'll, you'll love them. There's a lot of a lot of good recipes in there. And personally, some of the folks in the guild, some really darn good cooks, too. And while I'm at it, there's one other book by the Appalachian Authors Guild I wanted to mention uh, that you might want to pick up in the new year. It's called Mountain Mist Creations uh, from the Appalachian Authors Guild. It's a collection of poetry, short stories, essays, and holiday writings written by members of the Appalachian Authors Guild. So if you don't know whether you have a favorite Appalachian author or not, here's a collection by quite a few of them, including me. And you can read some really fun short stories. You get some humor. You get some drama. You get some poetry. You get some nonfiction, true life things. It's people's personal stories. It's a great collection. Mountain Mist, Creations from the Appalachian Authors Guild. That came out back in 2017, but you can get it on Amazon right now, and I think it's only 10 bucks. Yeah, $10 on on uh, Amazon. So uh, enjoy that. Yeah, that that you know that actually goes to support the guild as well. Um, there's uh, some other series that I want to bring up by some of the uh, Appalachian authors, and. And it's, let me, I've got the list here, so bear with me as I go through this. Uh, there's another one. Uh, we haven't had Jesse Ring on the show, but Jesse B. Ring wrote a book many years ago, back in 2013. I've had the pleasure of meeting this man many times. Great, just a great human being. Great, just a great man. Uh, it's called Appalachia to Silicon Valley and Back Again, From Narrows to Troy. That's also on Amazon.com, and it really tells his story of you know, I think what a lot of us sometimes have experienced where, you know, here we are in Appalachia, but it's not necessarily where we want to be as we grow up. We sort of look forward to spreading our wings and kind of getting out there a little further in the world, and we end up moving away. And then once we get away, we realize just how much we sort of miss these mountains and want to come home. And then, you know, he worked for a lot of years in Silicon Valley. Uh, and then the uh, tech industry, during the heyday of the tech industry. And um, when he got ready to retire, he decided he wanted to kind of chase a dream. So he moved back to his home here in southwest Virginia and started a vineyard. And he makes his own wine, him and his wife now. They have their own uh, their own vineyards, and they bottle their own wine. And uh, it, it's it's, you know, what they're doing is great. They're sort of living their dream. And, and But it was a really good story, really good book. He actually wrote some, a couple other historical books as well because uh, he was the big history buff as well. So Jesse B. Ring, and uh, make sure you check his books out as well. And while I'm at it, 
a couple other books here. Lucinda's Mountain by Adelie Davis is a really interesting book. She has a lot of um, a lot of different uh, books out there, and I'm going to pull up the uh, description here for you and um, read this from Amazon if I can spell this correctly. <laughs> Here it is, Lucinda's Mountain. This is the uh, Lucinda Harmon Saga, book one. So it is a series. Uh, book one of the Lucinda Harmon Saga takes, takes you to McDowell County, West Virginia, where you will meet the main character, uh, Lucinda, and the struggle she faces in the 1950s. So it's, uh, it's a really good series that she had. I think it was... A total of three books. If you want to buy these on Kindle, you can get them for uh, I think a dollar ninety nine. If you want to get them on paperback, I think it's fifteen. But uh, Adelie Davis uh, is, um, or Ada Davis, as she has listed here on Amazon, really great book. Uh, it's got a ton of ratings on it. It's four star, and uh, I we've had Addie on. We call her Addie. We've had her on the show before. And uh, she's read some excerpts. Uh, just a little bit about her. Uh, here's one of the editorial reviews. Addie Davis's own wisdom and compassion inform her extraordinary novel. The struggle of the entire Appalachian region are incorporated into Lucinda's moving and memorable personal story. This is the real thing. And Lucinda will steal your heart. And that's by Lee Smith, a very well-known author through Appalachia, as, as most people know. And uh, but Addie was a McDowell County, West Virginia native. She now lives over in Russell County, Virginia. Uh, she's a retired elementary school teacher and counselor and is the author at this time of 15 books. <laughs> um, and she uh, leans heavily on her faith. And she wrote a book, Here I Am Again, Lord, uh, Landon Collie, an old-time primitive Baptist universalist preacher, Caleb's Song, and uh, Golden Harvest Workbooks. Then she wrote the Lucinda Lucinda's Mountain, Jason's Journey, and the Beckoning Hills, uh, and further along, which I think it was a four-book series there. So she's she's done a lot with the Authors Guild. She's very active in the community, and and you'll you'll find her out usually when you see festivals and fairs, and she's doing book signings. Uh, another uh, author you might want to consider is Linda Hudson Linda Hudson Hoagland from her Snooping series, and I'm going to pull her up here real quick. Bear with me. I'll type her name in. I get all kinds of Lindas, but let's just try Linda Hoagland. Or I could try spelling her name right. How would that be? <laughs> all right. So the how, so the the uh, the book that I wanted to bring up. She has a series called the Snooping series, and she's uh, she's done. Uh, workshops for the Authors Guild, a lot of different Authors Guilds, actually, and she um, teaches the craft. And she she does this a lot. She does this for free. She actually put on uh, workshops at Southwest Community College over near Richlands and um, just done that for free to teach people to write. And she got quite a few people in the workshops in the class. And uh, she has a series called the Snooping Series. The first one... Um, let me click on this one. This is book seven. Snooping can be uncomfortable. <laughs> but I think uh, you'll, you'll find her work. She's written over 40 books. 
over 40. Yeah, I said that. Um, but she, uh, let me read this here. This is about the author. This is from Amazon also. Linda Hudson Hoagland has won acclaim for her 13 mystery novels that include the recent Onward and Upward, Missing Sammy, and Snooping Can Be Helpful Sometimes. She is also the author of eight works of nonfiction, two collections of short writings, along with two volumes of poems. Her work has appeared in many anthologies. Hoagland taught creative writing classes for the college for older adults on the Virginia Highlands Community uh, Campus at the Higher Ed Center in 2015, 2016, 2017. That's over in Abingdon. Uh, Linda is a former president of the Authors Guild and is currently a member of the Advisory Board for Humanities, Bluefield State College. So she has any number of works out there. So the Snooping series, if you're looking for a good, fun, cozy mystery, take a look at that. Um, just a couple more, actually just one more I wanted to mention. We do, we do have a, a, a lot of different authors that, you know, different genres. And uh, I want to bring up somebody we've had on the show here before. It's been a while, but we had Willie Dalton. And uh, she she's written several books. But the one that I want to bring up that you might want to consider is called The Dark Side of the Woods. And I'll read uh, this from Amazon. This actually has a 4.9 star rating. And uh, I was actually, she actually let me beta read this before it was published. It was an amazing story. What a fun story. And such a good, strong character. How could Sadie have lived so long in this town without knowing it was harboring a very old secret? The dark side of the woods was a place she walked by nearly every single day, and it seemed perfectly normal. But one day she realized that nothing that walked in there walked back out. Curses and wolves somehow entangled are somehow entangled in Sadie's new romance, and a gruesome transformation threatens to change everything she has ever known. She's the only one who can save her own town, her love, and herself. It has to end where it started, at the center of the forest. So it sort of wants to, well... It's not overpowered with a love story, so I don't want anybody to get that impression from the uh, description. But it is, I would toss this into, uh, um, I guess, a, you know, fiction, horror, fun horror, light horror, nothing nothing overpowering. But it's a really, really good book. And she has several books out. And I'm sure she still will still be working on more. She uh, also a Southwestern Virginia native and uh, runs a uh, yoga studio. But she's also the author of the Gravedigger series. Um, and I think there are three, four books out on that one. So definitely check her out on Amazon. Uh, Willie Dalton. Uh, also, Three Witches in a Small Town. That was her first book. And I remember her doing book signings and, and so uh, over in Abingdon and I think Kingsport when this one first came out. And it got, got a good bit of local praise. So uh, those are some authors you might want to check out. Um, have a great, great Christmas, everyone. If you don't come back and listen to the podcast between now and the new year, have a great new year. Have a great Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. Whatever you celebrate, make it a great one with friends and family. Be safe. Be happy. Be healthy. And uh, what are you reading? Let us know. Um, drop us an email over at the Guild or over here at the uh, Foundation. It's info, I-N-F-O, at supportappalachia.org. Uh, make sure you visit us online at supportappalachia.org. And here we are at the end of the year. We have some some projects we want to do in the new year. We've mentioned that on a couple of the past episodes. 
Um, we would certainly appreciate your donation here at the end of the year as well. If you can spare five or ten bucks, uh, jump online and make a donation to us online. Our address is down there too. If you want to do the old-fashioned way and just write a check, it is uh, P.O. Box 397, Richlands, Virginia 24641. And just make that payable to FAA or Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. And we will uh, certainly appreciate that. Um, we we uh, Actually, this time of year, we could use all the, all the donations we could get going into the new year to kind of ramp up and make sure that we can get some things done. Also, we have been asked by some people through social media if um, I've been asked if we're still uh, taking clothing donations to uh, pass along through the uh, Crisis Services Center here down in Norton for the homeless in the region and for, uh, I think, battered women with children and things like that that, that need assistance. Yes, we definitely are. Our next drop-off will probably be in uh, March. So if you want to contact us with any kind of clothing that you have, you might want to donate or some other items or anything like that. Or if you'd rather make a cash donation where we, where we can go out and buy the items that are needed other than clothing, <clears throat> you'd be surprised. Food, <coughs> you know, shaving equipment, um, deodorants, toothbrush, toothpaste, all kinds of things that people need to get, get through their day and their week other than just clothing. But if you have anything like that you'd uh, want to donate or have us pick up for you, let us know. Until then, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Appalachian Shine. We appreciate you. Have a great holiday.